This is How I Sold This, where top performers share their selling stories with the goal of helping you close more deals, close bigger deals, and grow your sales skills. This show is sponsored by President's Club Investors, where we help top producers replace their income with passive income by investing in apartment buildings. Let's get into the show. In this story, we'll learn from Jeff Hillen, who got his sales career started by being dropped off in a windowless van into random neighborhoods to sell candles door-to-door with no way of leaving his undisclosed location until he sold them all to now being the CEO of Warehouse Buyers Club. You'll learn two major lessons from Jeff about altering your messaging to see wild success and how to become the only salesperson that a vendor will remember. Hey, listeners, thanks so much for turning into our very first episode of How I Sold This. I am super excited to introduce our first guest, Jeff Hillen. Now, Jeff and I have known each other for about a year now. Um, I think we connected on social media a while ago, and then we just kept that conversation going. And uh, just like a great salesperson, me and Jeff just stayed in touch for a long time. He's actually the new CEO of Warehouse Buyers Club. But in his past lot roles, he's filled a ton of sales positions and really now is jumping back into that after a brief stint in operations. So you saw what was on the other side uh, and came back <laughs> over to the to the down and dirty sales world. So I absolutely love that. So Jeff, man, thanks so much for hopping on the show. Yeah, man. You, you said I was like kind of born in the fire sales. My first job actually, Justin, was selling candles door to door. So God. I'll just tell your listeners, you want to you want to learn a little bit about yourself. Go into a community <laughs> that has no, you know, no soliciting. Paul candles door to door and know that everything you break, you buy. So you just want to sell it, baby. You just want to sell as quickly as possible. That is some grit, man. There was actually a, a program that I've read about. This was a couple of years ago. I don't know if it still exists, but it's essentially like a summer camp for kids with the goal of teaching them to be salespeople. And I don't know what the, if it borderlines different labor laws or something, but they're selling <laughs> magazine subscriptions door to door. So you can send your kids out to go sell magazine subscriptions door to door. And and really, it's kind of like working retail. Like I feel like everybody should hold a sales role at least once in their life and just understand that part of human psychology, understand really like how you get reacted to in certain scenarios, right? And I'm sure ever since that experience, you're a lot nicer to people who come and knock on your door or maybe maybe call you. Uh, I know I was. I spent a lot of time door-to-door as well. Um, yeah. So it's definitely, you know, a lot of a nicer experience when I see somebody come up because I understand that. Now, selling sure. candles door-to-door, was that pretty... Was that a pretty popular strategy at the time? Was that totally off the wall? Something the company was trying out? Like, walk me through yeah, that. Yeah, man. No. So this was like my my summer going before college. My parents aren't super wealthy, so I was trying to help out any way I could. I actually worked a couple different jobs before that. Uh, Wawa, which is a uh, uh, convenience store out my way, yeah. also down south. If you ever heard of it, mm-hmm. um, so that was where I started. I also worked at Dutch Wonderland, which. I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. For anybody that doesn't know, it's a really small amusement park, more geared towards younger children. So that's like the first job you can have. I was a ride operator. So all those annoying rides that just buzz and go around slowly, that was me making sure your children were safe at the age of like 14 or 15. Yeah. And uh worked at Red Lobster, you know, doing just doing dirty work. So so anyway, yeah. So I'm going to college. Um, I'm working and I want to make some extra money. I see an ad in the newspaper. I don't even know if they have ads like that anymore, to be honest with you, but it was like sell candles, make cash. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, so I showed up, they went through a brief introduction of this company. And what I didn't know, 
is that they were going to drop me off in these like broke minivans with candles. They were going to give me like a little trailer hand truck. And they're just like, hey, when you sell everything, call this number. We'll come and pick you up. No way. And uh, I had no way of leaving, man. I didn't have a car with me. So it was pretty much like do or die. And you just, you know what I found out though, Justin, it was crazy because I'll tell you guys, this isn't the real main story, but one thing that I, I was very impressed for the rest of my sales career with this, I was going up and my pitch was like, Hey, my name is Jeff. You know, I have candles. Um, what kind of smells do you like? You know, this is how much they cost. I can do a deal for you. I, I just like kind of threw up on these people as they opened the door. Yeah. They didn't know me. They didn't know what, who I was. They were pretty much like, get off my doorstep. Like, yeah. I don't want anybody soliciting here. Didn't you see the signs in the neighborhood? All right. So I learned that a few times and I was like, this isn't working. This isn't working. What am I going to do to change up my message? So what I found out was when I said, hi, my name is Jeff. I'm trying to help my parents by raising more money for my college. I leave this uh, this coming fall. I'm going to Shippensburg in Pennsylvania. I'm studying accounting. Oh, by the way, I'm selling candles. Would you be interested in smelling some? And Interesting. when I did that, my rate for like people opening the door, inviting me in their house, like they didn't, they would tell me like, I don't burn candles, but I'm sure I have somebody that would love this as a gift. Like they told me all the things they could wow. see these candles for just because <laughs> my messaging was totally flipped on why I was doing it, not yeah. what I had to sell. And that's the main takeaway I had from that experience and also uh, moving forward in my sales career. Very cool. So your messaging, you, you changed that. And it's really like a lot of people, they focus on you know, maybe a different script or a different hook or a different opener. And all that is really part of what you said. It's the messaging of it. Um, and mm -hmm. it's not so much maybe what you're selling, but you had a different story, you know, why you're selling. I bet a lot of people in that community probably valued you were going somewhere local. You were this kid who was looking to contribute and and not, you know, the existential, this kid's just draining money from his parents, going to college, you know, wanting to work for it. How has that altered how you've approached sales in the future? Was it something that you've actually and purposefully remembered or is that something that you kind of remembered in your next sales where like oh my god i wonder if i can apply that to to maybe bigger ticket sales or, or like you no know, real sales not just selling candles but selling big ticket items yeah man so two things one thing i think i realized no matter what sales career i took from there and i i always realized like what um what and why am i doing it and so for me you know most people say like hey i want to make as much money as i can and I mean, granny like that kind of comes with the territory and sales right you want to go out you want to close as many sales you want to have an active pipeline all that stuff being said but you know really what it comes down to is like how can i serve other people and so you know for me it was trying to help identify these people's needs and again sometimes they burn candles great they're you're an ideal yeah. fit for the stuff i have but other times it was like well you know the christmas season's coming or the holiday season's mm -hmm. coming like have you thought about having a candle for somebody else oh yeah sure like i have a baby shower coming up this is a good idea so i think what i learned in that moment was whatever i was selling in my future you know future life was how can i apply what i have to what somebody potentially either needs or may have a need something that's not right in front of my face um and the other thing i would tell you too is you know, I grew up, we didn't have central air when I started, you know, when I was born in my house and later on in life, you know, I remember getting central air, it felt like the greatest thing I ever had in my entire <laughs> life. But the one negative it was, is the ductwork went right through my closet. It's just like this small, like three yeah. by three closet. And I always remembered like that closet was actually what had an impression in my mind. I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to have a big ass walk-in closet. I'm going to have central air. And so I would say like that drove me. So like those things in life, drove me to succeed because I wanted to work hard. So I didn't have to worry about stuff like that when I, grew yeah, I, I love that. I mean, and, and I say this a lot with a lot of salespeople is yes. I mean, you get into sales because you're money motivated. Everybody does. But what a lot of people lose sight of is 
you're probably not money motivated because money in itself doesn't have value, but you're motivated by what money can provide. For some yeah. people, that is material things. And I actually don't think it's taboo to enjoy material things. For others, it's experiences or it's opportunities. It's the feeling. I think a lot of the best salespeople, and this has just totally been my individual experience. Maybe I'm way off base, but a lot of the best salespeople have a background where they're kind of scarred financially. Yeah. And they don't feel they feel like I need to create abundance for myself. And, you know, maybe going and getting a, a sixty thousand dollar a year office job is just not going to cut it for me because that that sting of just not having enough growing up. And that was my experience too, just stuck with them. And they just said, No, 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 I, I need abundance. I need a lot of things and I need to be able to control my destiny financially. And sales is, is a great way to do that. So yeah, I I love what you talked about. And and we're not gonna go into the ethics of dropping a bunch of kids off in a van and just telling you sell them all or you know you gotta yeah, figure man. out your own way it's a different home. time man it's a different yeah, time yeah. for sure <laughs> these kids they wouldn't understand you know yeah. um were a lot of kids successful at that or were a lot of kids coming back with full full bags of candles man i think the the, the turnover rate was pretty darn high i think people realize like this is super <laughs> awkward i'm getting into some confrontational conversations with people that you know are upset um but you know what i learned about that because i did a territory sales position later in life. And yeah, like going up to strangers doors and knocking like that really imprinted on my ability to walk up and cold call later in life. And I had, I think yeah. a lot less fear than mm -hmm. most people did because it was something that just felt more natural because I'd already walked through that fire. And that, that to yeah. me did um, set me apart, I think later in life. I think that's huge because when I started in real estate sales, I did door to door too. Um, I did door to door for you know maybe four or five months. And just like everybody, I, you know, I, I, I want to say I hated it, I definitely didn't love it, but I felt like mm -hmm. it was just part of the process. And then it, I remember it got really, really, really hot in the summer. I said, I just, I just, for today, I just cannot do this. I would, I don't want to do it. So I started looking, I asked my mentor, I said, Hey, can I do anything else? Something in the air conditioning? Can I do open houses or whatever? He said, sure. Cold call. It's, it's the same thing. The point is you just want to ask X amount of people every day if they're moving. That's mm -hmm. what you want to do every day. And then when I got on the phones, I thought this is so easy. Like it's air conditioned. I'm wearing whatever I want. It, you know, if I, I just hang up, they don't need to see me awkwardly walk away or walk yeah. up to the door and I see them kind of close their curtains. So I, I do think that's kind of that baptism of fire where that's the ultimate quintessential. If you can make it in door to door, everything else is so easy to you. If you're a high-performing sales rep and want to reduce and eventually eliminate your dependency on the daily hustle and grind of sales, then head to our show notes and download our Retire Within 10 bundle. You'll learn the top secret investing strategy for sales professionals, learn how to replace your income fast with passive income, and get a special bonus gift that will help you mitigate investing risk in the future. All of this to help you replace your income and expedite your road to retirement. You know, fast forward us a little bit, you know, now you're at your, your current role, you're in a CEO position. Are you still currently selling or what's your role look like today? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so Warehouse Buyers Club is a material handling marketplace to find buyers and sellers. So this, the, the buyers are looking for specific products such as pallet racking, industrial shelving, anything really that transports and, and stores product, okay. whether it be manufacturing. Um, and yeah, so I'm using online marketplace to do that, whether okay. it be Facebook marketplace or my website, warehousebuyersclub.com. And uh, what I've found in the most recent months is there's a lot of people that maybe aren't the biggest companies, the Targets, the Walmarts, the Amazons of the mm -hmm. world that are just forgotten about. 
And really what they're looking for is somebody that takes the time to follow up, to listen, to understand their needs and do the simple things it takes to make them get what they need to operate their Mm -hmm. business. And, um, and it's refreshing going into this role because I think I forgot about that too, that, you know, sometimes the medium sized businesses are the ones that really are the heartbeat of our country and really help drive what we need day to day. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, you're, you're in a a B2B role, but you know, at the root of all things, you're still B2C, you know, there's still a consumer, a person making those calls. And, and a lot of times, you know, I'm, I'm the same with you. I'm very passionate about helping that small, medium business. Uh, I think those are, like you said, the backbone of the country. And and those are usually the ones that get overlooked a lot. So um, it sounds like you're really, really enjoying that role. Now, when you have had this career of sales, and I know you've done a lot of B2C, you've done B2B. Uh, mm-hmm. What types of things have you learned that might be different, whether it's for the B2B process or the B2C? And do you do you have a preference yourself or is it kind of all, all black and white to you? Yeah, man. So if you don't mind, I want to tell a quick story. And I think the yeah, message at the end of it would be really impactful for people to hear. So I had, when I started my first real sales job, right? My sales career in material handling, I was taking over some for somebody that really struggled. And one of the questions I asked him was, who's the hardest customer to get? Mm -hmm. And, you know, he told me this company and he said, you know, it's right around the corner from our biggest competitor, the owner and the guy that sold to him has a personal relationship, their families, you know, are are friends. So he had all these reasons why it was going to be impossible for me to get business from them. Yeah. Um, so I made it my effort to strive towards making them my customer. And the reason why I thought that was just like, you know, knocking on a door, right? As soon as I can get somebody to say yes, and it feels like it's comfortable, it feels like it's, uh, you know, not foreign anymore. Uh, everything else becomes easier. So I made it my effort. I remember I, I walked up the gatekeeper. I know less companies have an actual person more. It's like cell phones or, <laughs> yeah. you know, audio things. But uh, back then they did. And I remembered making it an effort to really get to know her because she was the gatekeeper was going to allow me to the person I needed to Mm -hmm. see. Her name was Becky. I still remember her name. I remember she was a Denver Broncos fan out here in Pennsylvania. You know, I took the time to really make a, uh, a quick, you know, just relationship with her and made Mm -hmm. sure like I would ask her questions that could correlate to her um, besides the needs that I wanted to get past her. Anyway, long story short, I ended up getting an opportunity to quote a project that the incumbent just really wasn't getting back to them on. It was a small mm-hmm. project. Um, I had an opportunity to win the deal and guess what? I won it. And you, you know, I want to say that that's the end of the story, Justin, but it's unfortunately for me not. <laughs> so I get a call about a week later. Hey, we got a problem. I go on site. And uh, yeah, man, I made a mistake. Like this material's hanging in a doorway by like a half inch and that's a problem. So I got to on the fly, come up with a solution. Um, one thing I'll tell you in this story too, is when there's a problem, always show up, you know, mm-hmm. be available when there's a problem going on. So I showed up, I took my, you know, licks a little bit. We yeah. came up with a solution. You know, I thought we we're good to go, move on. I get a call a week later again, Justin, my guy says, Hey Jeff, we got a problem. I need you to come in. I'm like, what is it now? Um, and what happened was this material was brand new when they ordered it. It, mm. it was no longer looking new because when we did what we had to do, we fabricated it. The paint kind of didn't look new anymore. Ugh. So I found out on Friday was their slowest day. I said, Hey, do me a favor. You know, I'm going to be in this. I'll be back in on Friday. Um, can you just make sure this area is kind of contained? Sure. Mm. So I show up on Friday unannounced. I have newspapers and trash bags down. I got my jeans and my Timberland boots on. I used their piece of equipment. I had matched the paint sample to the beams and I go and I paint the beams. See the, the guy that runs the facility comes out. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, man, I told you if you do business with me, no matter what happens, I would be here. And, uh, and the, the main part of the story and the reason why it's, I hope resonates to your listeners about it is, you know, to this day, his name's Lucas. He says, Jeff, I don't remember like any sales guys names, but I remember your name. Wow. And 
why that's impactful for me is, you know, in the moment when we have something go south, it's really easy to want to crawl up on a ball and not answer the phone or not answer an email because you don't know the right answer. But yeah. the fact of the matter is those tough times really, you find out a lot about yourself. Yeah. And in, in fairness, you probably make stronger relationships with your customers or your potential customers um, by the things you do after that situation, not what you did mm-hmm. right before it. Yeah, that that's massive. And I think it's a big part of why I think salespeople have that you know, bad rap from consumers is because it's it's kind of the, the hey, I sell you this thing, I cash in my check, and then I'm gone. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens, happens. And and sometimes there's customer success departments, and, and sometimes that's not always in the salesperson's maybe purview of, of their responsibility or even in their control. But when you're able to show up and first of all, take your licks and just say, hey, just so you know, the X, Y, and Z happened, here's what we're doing to fix it. Uh, you know, we're going to get on this right away. To take your licks and have those hard conversations, which I think is a massive strength for salespeople to do. If you can have tough conversations and you can go into what's historically maybe an awkward topic or an awkward talking point and really just power through it, you're going to be pretty successful. You're you're almost facing half the battle right there. But it's about being memorable. Um, I'm a big Jordan Belfort guy. I, I really adopt his sales mythology. And one of his very key pillars is the consumer or the prospect's trust in you as the sales rep. Like not, yes, the company you represent and yes, the product you're selling, but do you as, you know, Jeff Hillen sitting in front of me telling me X, Y, and Z promises, where are you going to go after this transaction? And I think that's something that really, really sticks. So is that the, the, the best lesson that you've taken in your sales career so far? And of course, I'm sure you've learned a lot of things, but maybe to that seller out there who's who works long sales processes or works very, very complex deals, do you think that's the number one thing that you would tell them as to, to, to really stick out and to hold true to what they promise? For sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'd almost say welcome those challenges because- mm-hmm. You know, the more challenging problem to solve, maybe sometimes, like in this case, I actually help create that challenge. Sure. So maybe don't go out of your way every time to screw up a project just to create a memorable moment. But when they do come, uh, the first thing I would tell people is make sure you take a step back and try to take as much of the emotional reaction as you can out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And um, and just understand we're all people, man. We all make mistakes. And again, I think the other part of that lesson that's really critical and key is um, respond as quickly as you can, but also if there's a problem that comes up, be as proactive as you can. Yeah. Um, in this case, I really didn't know there was an issue. So it was, it was probably harder for me to be proactive, but when it, when uh, I actually have one today that happened, um, there was a customer who was going to pick up an order. And I found out that the the order that they were going to pick up this morning wasn't, uh, cut correctly for fabricated. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I could have waited and just let the driver show up and then had the owner go, oh, I didn't even know anything about it. I'm so sorry, yeah. but I knew about it. I pick up the phone. I said, Hey, Mark, listen, I got a problem. And the reality is, you know, your order you're supposed to pick up today is not ready. And here's why. However, we can have it ready either tomorrow or next week because of the holiday. We're, we're talking here right near the new year. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I apologize, but you, you let me know what works best for you and we'll we'll accommodate accordingly. Yeah. So that would be the other part. When you're walking through the fire, man, try to have proactive communication and try to see if you can have an answer for the person when you reach out to them as, as quickly mm-hmm. as you can, if not beforehand, to give them a, an ability to say, okay, go ahead and do that. Yeah. I think that's huge because it's it's one thing to just say, hey, we have a problem. Here's what it <laughs> is. And, and then say, hey, we we ran into this. This is what we're doing. Or we have these options, um, which, which, which is best for you. you know, we might be able to do this one the best, but what do you think? It's about being that leader, right? A lot of people you know, when they're in that buying process, they're probably looking to you 
this is this might be the first time they've ever bought your product, but you sell all the time. So they're looking for that leadership. So I think it's really important. And I really like what you said about, you know, maybe you're not looking for issues or obstacles, or you're not creating them, but when you run into those challenges, if you're able to view it instead of an inconvenience as an opportunity for you to shine and an opportunity for you to differentiate and really build deep relationships. Cause like you said before, you know, you're the only sales guy that he's ever remembered because you're just going through this, this tough time. If it was just a, a regular transaction, you're probably not going to stand out, even if your product or your service was great or your customer service was great. But when you were able to thick through some of the issues, you know, those are those are hidden opportunities for you to really, really stand out and and be memorable and make your mark. So, man, Jeff, yeah. I, I love the stories. I love the wisdoms that you've shared. Um, for any of the listeners who want to get a hold of you, are you active on, on social media? If anybody wants to pick your brain or just strike up conversation or what's the best way to do that? For sure, Justin. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So find me, um, Jeff Hillen, Warehouse Buyers Club, again, is uh, is the company. But on LinkedIn, you can find me. I'm very active. And I'm all about trying to support people that are active or need help or want to just, you know, put good messages out there for other people's to hopefully impact. I mean, that's what I'm about. And uh, and I try to surround myself like people like you, Justin, who are just trying to, you know, level up and make a difference in this world and uh, continue to fight and grind. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm about. <laughs> I love it. So, Jeff, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. Listeners, thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. And we'll see you on the next episode. Appreciate it, guys.